full potential. You cannot do it on the level that is uh, that God wants you to without having communication with Him and having a good, solid, substantial prayer life. All right? Um, the Father needs to hear from you. He does. And, here, and, and you need to hear from the Father. I know that's true about me. He needs to hear from me. And I'm going to tell you why that's the case in a moment. But I need to hear from Him. If I'm not getting wisdom and direction and, and, and guidance in my life from Him, I'm just going to step in a lot of potholes. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to mess up too many times. And thank God this is available to me. But just because something is available does not mean it's automatically accessed. It's not a given that just because someone is a believer and is a follower of Christ that they are receiving regular direction, regular input, regular help, and so forth from heaven. But they can. It's possible. And I think we really need to. Um, again, like I said, I, I couldn't do everything I do without, without prayer. And I want you to consider this. I, I use this logic Concerning a lot of subjects, I'm going to use it again here. We are never told to do things that are unimportant or unnecessary. When I say told by the Lord in the Scripture, by the Spirit of God, He does not tell us to do something if, whether we do it or do not do it, life is going to be the same. We're going to have the same results. So that being the case, I mean, that sounds logical, right? That, that being the case, if I have an active, substantial, effective prayer life, it will result in certain things taking place, happening in me, around me, through me. If I do not have that, I will live with a lack of those very same things. All right? I will. That's just, it, it's, it's math. All right, you just don't have the right components in there. You're not going to have the same answer at the end of the equation. You must have the right numbers there to get the same. You know what I'm talking about. All right, so whenever we read about and talk about uh, praying, communicating with God, making requests, all these things, uh, we need to know that life really does hang in the balance of that. If we do it, if we uh, are involved with that, it will produce certain results. If we do not, we will live without those results. And we might go through life wondering, oh, I just don't understand what the Lord's doing. I just don't understand why this happens for me and this, happen, this doesn't happen. And this person, you know, I just don't understand why all this kind of stuff happens. But when I get to heaven, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out. Well, I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> you don't even have to wait. <laughs> You've got to find out what causes those results. What produces them. And you're not going to tell me that the person who has a, a substantial, effective prayer life and the person who does not, that they're going to end up in the same place. Like it doesn't matter. Like, it, like you can pray or not pray. You can call on the Lord or not call on the, upon the Lord and it's going to have the same result. Not true. Just not the case. Everybody okay? Jesus made this statement over in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. He said, do not be like them. And, and the them are, are hypocrites, all right? He said, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. He does what? He knows, you have, he knows what you have need of, and so you don't need to ask him. 
Is that what he said? How many know the Father knows what we need before we ask Him? He doesn't know what we need before we don't ask Him. Everybody with me? Oh, the Lord knows what I need. No, He knows before you ask Him. If you're not going to talk to Him about it, I don't have any, knowledge, I don't have any reference that says He knows. Well, that'll make you think for a minute. <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh, the asking is still necessary. Never relate God's omniscience uh, or relate to God's omniscience by making your part irrelevant. Well, God knows what's going to happen, so what I do doesn't really matter. That is not the way the, the kingdom of God works. That's not the way the Father relates to us. Just because He knows something's going to happen, that's not the same as Him causing it to happen. That's not the same as Him making it take place in life. Uh, even in the Old Testament, we read about, for example, the judgment and destruction of Sodom. Remember that wicked city and all the evil that was going on there? And, and God being the judge, being just, said, this needs to be taken care of. Uh, but he consulted Abraham. And whatever Abraham asked, God said yes to. Remember when he was saying, well, would you, would you spare him for 50 righteous? And he walked down the line. And each time Abraham would ask him, Lord, but would you withhold judgment on, because of this? Because he asked, the Lord said, yeah, I'll do that. And it's only when he stopped asking that judgment fell. And people think God does things just independent of us. That he's just acting and, and he's just going to do whatever he wants to do. Independent of us. Well, no, that's not how he designed it. I mean, he could have made the planet however he wanted. He could have created a relationship, a system, however he desired. But it seems very clear to me that God was all in when he created us with a will, with a right to choose, with an ability to either accept or reject him, to pray to him, to rely on self. He was all in because he gave it to us. And we have messed up the planet pretty good. I mean, we as a human race. There's a lot of evil here, but God was committed to that, that it's up to us. Not that he is just going to do whatever he wants to do in spite of people's choices, in spite of their desires, their behavior. Everybody with me today? You can see this is God's plan, and he has always and will continue to work with people to carry out his will and his desires in the earth. And if we resist, then, uh, then that's the way it goes. There's a verse over in Amos chapter 3 and uh, verse 7. Uh, notice what it says. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. I mean, quite a powerful statement that God's just not unilaterally doing things. And he's got the power to do it. I mean, he is almighty God. But that's not the way the system was set up. Where God wants to do something and he just does it. But what does he do? He works with people. He consults people here on the planet. He responds to our requests or lack thereof. And, and, and this is important that we understand this. Even in the New Testament, how many know Jesus is called the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. And we are called, if you're a, if you're a believer here today, you are called what? The body of Christ. Head, body. He's the head. 
We're the body. Does your head go places without your body? <laughs> Does your, well, maybe in your mind you do, huh? <laughs> Don't mess up my illustration. <laughs> but your body doesn't go, it doesn't act independent of the head. The head and the body work together. Your head is sending signals to the rest of your body saying, walk, move. You know what I'm talking about? That's the way it works. In the, in, that, that's why that analogy is, is true for the church. He is the head, we're the body. He's not doing things without us. God is not acting and doing things independent of people. That's not his plan. It's not his, his design. He works in us. And one of the main ways this happens is he stirs up, stirs us up, places desires within us. And then if we respond properly to those desires, we will pray and make requests. And that gives God a legal avenue to move in the earth. It gives him a right to do what he all along wanted to do. But if we don't do our part, then he can't do what he desires. Everybody okay? Without prayer, I want you to think about it. Without prayer, we have no real relationship with God. No active, ongoing, substantial relationship with God. Without prayer, we can't handle what's coming. I want you to think for a moment about Jesus. The last thing, one of the last things Jesus did before he went to the cross is he went to a place, place called Gethsemane. Remember? A garden. He likes, God likes gardens. And he prayed. And he prayed. And he prayed for a lengthy period of time. He prayed and he cried, cried out to the Father and he said, he told his disciples, he said, my soul has great anguish right now, even to the point of death. And he sweat as of drops of blood. This was a serious prayer meeting that Jesus was in. He was praying in a very powerful way. But think about it for a moment. What if he hadn't? Again, I come from this position that when I read something in the Word, that either tells me what to do, or it's Jesus showing me what he did do, I tend to think it was necessary that Jesus prayed that those long prayers in the garden of Gethsemane to get himself ready for the cross if he didn't need to then that whole prayer time was unnecessary and why do we even have a record of it but because of the fact that he did pray I think he had to have prayed it was necessary to get him to the place of fulfilling the will of God in being the, the sacrifice for all of mankind's sins. Everybody with me? So what if Jesus didn't do that? What if he skipped those prayer meetings? What if he said, man, I'm kind of troubled about what's coming up. Let's go get a cheeseburger. Guys, I just need to put something in my stomach right now. I'm just kinda... What if he would have skipped those prayer meetings? If you come at it from this standpoint that what he did was necessary, then if he didn't do it, he would not have been able to fulfill what he was on earth to do, and we would be messed up today. Wow. I'm glad Jesus prayed. There are, we have record of him at times doing all-night prayer meeting. With the, he's just alone with God. Well, what if he didn't? Say, well, it all would have worked out the same because, you know, God's God. And God's going to do whatever he wants to do anyway. And ultimately, it all worked out. 
So Jesus was wasting his time. So those prayer times were unnecessary. If they were necessary for him, ready? Are they necessary for us? If he needed to spend at times real, substantial, quality, powerful time in prayer with the Father in order to do what he was called to do, do you think we need to do that? I'm telling you, many miss out on some of the potential blessings and favor of God and all the good things that he wants to do because they don't access it. They don't go in and get it. We're invited into the throne of God's grace. We're invited into the very throne room of God. You can go there by faith anytime. But whether you go or not, it's totally up to you. Whether you come back with grace and mercy and help in time of need, it's totally up to you. Everybody okay? See, without prayer, sometimes we, wouldn't have, we just wouldn't have what we want. Remember James wrote, James chapter 4, he said, you have not because you you ask not. So I, I mean, I, there's some things I don't have today, and the only thing keeping me from having them is I didn't ask for them. Yes. Yes. But is the asking necessary? Well, if God really wants me to have it, certainly he's going to make it happen. No, he's not. He is waiting on a request. Amen. We could say it this way, without prayer, God's will in the earth and in our lives personally will absolutely be limited. It will absolutely be limited. I want you to think for a moment and consider there is much that God wants to do for you. I believe that what God wants to do things for you and me beyond our comprehension. We are not sons and daughters of Mickey Mouse. We are children of the Most High God who is all-powerful and, and His name is love and He is generous beyond our capacity to fathom it. He is God Almighty and we belong to Him. I'm telling you, there are things He wants to do in your life. He wants to make it so good you can hardly stand it. There is a will and desire and plan for you that is so good. It is, it is much more than you've, you've comprehended so far. Hey. And even, even after the first service this morning, even walking in the hall out here in the middle of conversations, I heard this right down on the inside of me, that there are doors that the Lord is opening for people, but if they don't pray and seek Him, they'll never see them. There are opportunities in God. He wants to open things up for people. But if you're not praying, you won't know it's there. And you'll walk right past that open door. Hmm. Hey, hey. With all that God wants to do, no, it's good. It's good. He has no, he has no evil desire, no ill will for any of us. With all that he wants to do, much of it's not going to happen outside of this prayer connection. Some of what we're enjoying today, we have some good things in our lives. You know, some of it is a result of other people praying. I think sometimes that, that slips our mind and we don't realize it. I've had this sensation inside of me for many years. I can't prove it. It's just intuition. It seems like to me, whenever I think about it, that a bunch of what has taken place in my life for the good including the call of God, including me being able to do what I do today, is the case because other people prayed for me. I don't know all the names to put on the, those 
I probably could figure out a few people who pray, but, I, you know, I don't really know totally. How, I just, I live with that. That good things are happening in part because other people prayed for me. Man. Then I think about who am I praying for? Who else? The, the, their, their life could go one direction or another direction. They could take the right step or the wrong step. Could I contribute to them making the right choice? Could I pray and the result is God's will is established in their life? You think that's possible? Let's think about possibilities for a moment. Just let our minds go and, and, and envision. Is it possible that more of your family and friends could be saved, could have a real relationship with God if you prayed for them? Now, don't take this as condemnation. I want you to see possibility. We're not looking back at what we haven't done, feeling bad about it, forgiven for the past. Just saying, we're moving forward. We're going ahead. Do you think more people in your family, more of your friends, could have a real relationship with God if you asked the Father to work in their life? Uh, Do you think, for those who have kids, do you think your kids could avoid some of the traps the enemy has laid in this rough world we live in. Think they could avoid them if you would pray for them. Think there's some things coming up, I mean. But they'll miss out on a bunch of junk if you will pray for them. Do you think people could avoid tragedies and accidents if they had a substantial prayer life to this end that they were able to be warned by God. They were able to receive, because they had that open line of communication, they were able to receive warning to tell them turn left instead of right. Right. Go here and not not here. Do you think that's a possibility? So, so, So think. Now, not everything that's happening is supposed to happen. Not all the negative stuff in this world is supposed to happen. We are supposed to be able to change a bunch of it and avoid it. You think our church services could be more powerful, could be more effective, could be more life-changing if you prayed for the services? I'm just asking, you think that's a possibility or you think it would make no difference? Ah, It doesn't matter if we pray or don't pray, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You can get that out of here. Jesus never told us that. He never said that at all. So what do you think? I mean, what's the limit to this? How high can we go? I don't know. I'm always up for trying it out, though. What about our nation? You think it would make any difference if we would pray for our nation, for the leaders of our nation? Because they're making a whole bunch of bad decisions. They are, and it's affecting us. Sometimes it's little by little, and so it sneaks up on us. All of a sudden, our country looks like a different place. Think it would make any difference if we prayed. Amen. I don't think we know, just off the top of our head, what our lives could be fully. I don't think we recognize what could be going on in our families in our friend's life, in our city. I don't know if we recognize what it could be. But I tell you, if we pray, it'll start changing. 
If we have an effective, substantial prayer life, that is what God said makes this thing go. Prayer is both relational and legal. Sometimes prayer, it's just enjoying God. Fellowshipping with Him. It's just having a conversation. But you know, it's legal as well. That's why prayer is essential. It's not just a good habit. It's needed. And when I say legal, you recognize the Bible uses a lot of legal terminology. Justified, condemned, righteous, just. God is the judge. Jesus is the advocate or the lawyer, right? It's a legal system in heaven. Jesus going to the cross, he legally paid for all of our sins so God could legally say, your slate is washed clean. You don't have to do any time. I mean, it it really works that way. Prayer is in part a legal transaction between heaven and earth. In other words, God wants to do it. Jesus paid the price for it. It's already, God wants to do it in your life, but there has to be a, a road to travel on. There has to be a request made, and then God responds to that request. Everybody okay? Two questions I want to ask you. Turn to James 5, by the way. Anybody want to look at a scripture today? I'm just introducing, want to set you up, want to stir you up. Simple questions though. Number one, are you praying? Are you praying? Do you have a, what you would call a prayer life? Do you communicate? Do you talk to the Lord about stuff continually? And then secondly, are you praying correctly? Are you doing it right? So so it doesn't really matter how you pray as long as you pray. No, that's not correct. That's not true. If that were true, we wouldn't have any instructions. Jesus wouldn't have taught us how to pray. He wouldn't have given us rules and guidelines and directions and instructions on how to make this contact. I, I, like, to, I like to be effective when I, do, when I do something. I don't want to spend a bunch of time in prayer if I'm going to be the same when I'm done. And everyone else is going to be the same when I'm done. No, I, I, I want to do things at work. Okay? So I want to encourage you to pray. If you don't. I want to encourage you to, to, to pray. And then I want, to, I want to take some time, I want to teach you how to do it right. I don't say that arrogantly. I want to teach you from the scripture. Teach you how to be effective. So things change when you, when you make requests. When your voice comes out from earth, heaven hears. There's a sound in heaven. Oh, there's someone, there's someone made connect, connection there. We have contact. James chapter 5 and verse 16 reads, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Think about that. Think about that. The effective, fervent prayer. So there can be an ineffective, non-fervent prayer. It wouldn't do anything. But the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails how much? Much. Not a little bit. And this is from God's perspective. The Amplified Bible translates that verse this way. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. So watch. There is tremendous power. There's no question about that. God is almighty God. He is all powerful. Power is there. Power is present. It is available. But when I will pray an effective, fervent prayer... It becomes available to me. God's power does, 
he doesn't want it to remain in heaven or just bottled up, so to speak. He wants it to be given out. He wants it to be accessed, to be used by us. He wants his power to sweep across the land and heal disease and set people free from bondage and destruction and sweep people into the kingdom of God so he can do his, the things he wants to do. Amen. What's necessary? An effective fervent prayer. That produces it. What about the absence of that prayer? No power available. Still exists. Still there. We're just not accessing it. Can you see that it's, that it's necessary? Yeah. I, I, want you, I want you to get this. I know it's not necessarily deep, but pray and stuff happens. And don't pray and nothing happens. Why, why do people not? Why do people not pray? Well, sometimes for various reasons. Some, in, some individuals will say, well, I, I just don't have time. I'm busy. I'm busy. How many know that's, a, that's an issue of priority? It really is. Priority. But I want you to think about it from God's standpoint again. Let's not put him in this small little cage. Let's say you have work to do and it's going to take you eight hours to do it. That's your estimation. It's going to take me eight hours to do this. This is a big job. What if that same work with prayer only took six hours? Is that a possibility? Is it a possibility for God's grace to move in you in such a way that you are able to do much more in much less time? I think that's not only a possibility. We should expect that. Huh? Some people are working way too hard. You should be, you should be spending some time with the Lord so he can maximize your, your effectiveness and your work and make things happen. Amen. Stop wasting all kinds of time. I know from personal experience, I don't do what most of you do, but one of the things I have to do is study and hear and pray and hear from God. There's times I spend hours looking at things and thinking and studying and praying and looking stuff up and getting stuff ready, and that's fine. That's part of the deal. Got to learn, grow. But there are other times I get ready. I, get, I sit down to prepare something to minister in a setting like this. Ten minutes later, I'm done. It's like, woo. I mean, just rapid fire thoughts coming from heaven, like a very high connection internet speed, you know, download. I, I look and whoop, and I know it. It's amazing how it happens. You know the whole thing from beginning to end within a very brief period of time, sometimes seconds. Then it takes a little bit of time to write, write things out, but you, you just see the whole thing. It's like, I like that. That's the grace of God. I just don't see that happening a whole lot outside of an active prayer life. I don't see it happening a whole lot with people who aren't looking for it because they pass it by and miss it. I don't know what you do, but I bet God's grace would make it work better. More efficiently, more effectively, more productively. You'll make more money for less time. and let, You know what I'm talking about? Better deals. I know the grace of God works in all areas. What's the potential? might want to take this thing for a spin. You might want to just go deep into this and see what the results are. Because I'm convinced that God wants to do a whole bunch. Yes, a whole bunch. But is limited by an absence of people making a request of it. Hallelujah. 
Some people say, well, you know, why, why, why people don't pray? Well, God knows my heart. Um, how many know God knowing your heart is not always a good thing? We like to assume whenever we say, well, God knows my heart, that my heart is el perfectamundo in every situation, and, and everything's just right there, and I just desire Him and Him alone, and nothing else usurps that place in my, in my life. And Sometimes we don't pray, and God knows our heart. Yeah, our heart is on watching the TV, or, or our heart is, is doing something else other than this, but sometimes that can be an issue of laziness. Sometimes people say, well, it doesn't seem to make a big difference. That's why I don't pray. I don't, don't know if it's going to matter. Well, that's, that's called unbelief, and that's not an incurable disease. It is a problem. Unbelief is ugly, and it can be removed. It can be excised. <laughs> it can be surgically taken out by the meditation of God's Word and, and teaching and learning and so forth. Uh, and sometimes people say, well, I, I'm just, I'm just going to do something. Some people, they're spending all their time praying. I'm going to get out there and do something. Um, well, I understand that sentiment, but that could be self-reliance. And I don't want to fall into that ditch. Because God certainly wants us to do things. But there is an order. There is a priority. There is a reliance that comes that says, I'm going to trust Him and take whatever time I need to make request of Him. And then I'm going to go act on what He gives me to do and be responsible there. But again, I want God involved. Look with me. Uh, I want to close with this verse in Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. This is the occasion that we referenced earlier with Jesus in Gethsemane. And he was praying and he told his disciples to watch and pray. And he came back and he found them sleeping Multiple times found him sleeping. Matthew 26, verse 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Jesus had an expectation that they could at least pray for an hour. That's an interesting thought. He said, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is week. I want you to notice what Jesus said. He didn't say watch and pray so you'll never be tempted again. He said watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. What does our commitment and our priority to say I am going to talk to the Father. I am going to spend my time with Him. What does that do? It prepares us for what's coming down the road. It prepares us for what's coming our way. If I will do business with God in prayer, I am ready and I can handle things. I'm not going to enter into the temptation. I'll be able to stand and resist and keep walking with the Lord. But if I don't, if I don't take time in prayer, I'm not going to be ready. And some things are going to mow me down in life. Everybody with me today? And I want to say this in, in, in conclusion. It happens very frequently. Very, uh, practically, it seems like all the time. The Lord will give me a message. He'll give me a series. He'll give me a subject to teach on. And I know I need to do this now. I wouldn't say 100% of the time. 
lot of times. I know I need to do this now. This is in my heart. If I go a different direction, I'm going to be violating something he's leading me to do. I need to do this and I need to do it now. Okay. You know what that also does for me? And I don't want to overuse the word. Uh, but it, it has a propheticness to it. It's not only a teaching, but it is God-breathed for the moment. Which, which goes back to this. The Lord knows ahead of time. And he sees what's coming and what's before us. So he helps us to stir us up to be prepared for what's ahead. And I'm telling you, based on that, based on this fact, I think we need to pray. I think you need to pray. I think we need to pray. I think, and we, that's not like I'm not implying that none of us are, but definitely this is a checkup. Definitely this is, okay, am I given at the time I need to because I might not see what's coming. I may not know why or be able to explain all the details, but I do see it in the Word. I do see that it's necessary. I do see that God wants to do things and may be limited by my lack of participation in it. And so I'm going to step up. Amen? And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Stir it up. Stir it up. And we'll see what's coming, coming down the road. Amen. I mean, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in your life when you are doing this? What's going to happen in your family? I go back to those questions, those possibility questions. What's going to happen here? What happens if all of us do this? Put a priority and say, we're going to make contact. We're going to pray and we're going to ask and we're going to pray things out and pray things through. What's going to happen here? Oh, good stuff. Amen. Let's take a moment. I'm going to pray for you. Let me encourage you. Don't just listen. Take a minute. Pray yourself. Whatever's on your heart, talk to the Father concerning your own life. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every single person now. Your desire for them is great. Oh, you have a future, an expectation of good. And I thank you, Father, that you minister and talk to each one. Thank you for your grace, which sustains us, enables us to to stand tall and not fall in the day of trouble. And we do call upon your name, and you hear us and answer and show us great and mighty things that we do not know. And Father, we need this, and we rely upon you. We trust you to work in us and through us and protect us from harm and danger and, de- and set up divine appointments and connections. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. You're working in us. So do we, we do ask, and Father, we do believe that we receive these things of you. In Jesus' precious name.